A quarter of the season is done, so I'm going to look at some of the numbers that are defining the Boston Celtics season, including the one that tells us Jeff Teague is the best player. Right? How crazy is that? On this Tuesday, Locked On Celtics, Mills, let's go. Rainy days back with the vengeance. Back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This the truth like 34. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. Crowd goes crazy, most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, it's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. Whatever it is that you're doing, wherever you're going, even if you're digging out of a major snowstorm, maybe you've got this podcast on your headphones while you shovel, thank you for making me part of your day. I hope I am brightening it just a little bit. Today, I'm diving into these numbers. Whole show. Looked at some of the numbers here. A few stuck out to me. Some simple ones, some couple more advanced ones, the lineup data, why it's so weird, and why the lineup data is making Jeff Teague look so good when it's very obvious to our eyes that Jeff Teague has not been very good. This episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today, using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana. 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring launched exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launched on January 18th, and you can take a look at it now exclusively on BlueNile.com. So the Boston Celtics have completed their first quarter of the schedule. They're now at 10 and 8, fourth in the Eastern Conference. Really, this is the earliest point that we should be looking at statistics, a quarter of the season in. And even that, not really uh, the greatest for this Celtics team because we've seen so many different iterations of this team. A lot of this data is going to answer questions that we're not even going to be asking later in the season. But here we are. We've got to look at something. This is a sample size that's starting to get big enough. You can wash out some of that early noise. Kemba Walker coming back does muck up a lot of this stuff because he plays a certain way. And how he plays with certain guys is still yet to be determined. So a lot of the things that we're looking at that we would normally look at doesn't really apply here. When we're taking a look at these these statistics that kind of shed some light on where the Celtics are. We compare the numbers to the eye test to see what they say. What are we missing? But I am going to look at this because this is what we have. This is this is the information that we have. So I went on to the NBA.com stats site, and I took a look through some of the, the numbers here, knowing that when Kemba is, is not only back, but off of the minutes restriction. The minutes restriction is really important when we're looking at the statistics because – the minutes restriction limits how long is he playing with certain guys, when certain guys come off the bench, who's coming off the bench, how many guys are being used. It really has a trickle-down effect across the entire team when your point guard is is on a minutes restriction, especially now with, with Marcus Smart hurt. So we're, we're entering a two- to three-week stretch with Marcus Smart 
out of the out of the the lineup that is going to change a lot of the lineup data. So I really I really filtered out a lot of stuff. So he, here's here's where we're going with. I'm going to start here in this first segment here with just some of the basics. So at this point, 25% of the season down, their offensive re- rating is 111.6. That's points per 100 possessions. Tied for ninth. Defensive rating, 108.9, 10th. Their net rating, a plus 2.7. That's a good, positive thing. Uh, tied for eighth. So where do the Celtics stand? They're okay. They're they're a good team. They're not a bad team. Bad team would have one of these numbers way out of whack. Uh, their net rating being positive keeps them uh, afloat and, and one of the better teams in the NBA. So that's good, but... You look at the offensive defensive ratings, they're they're good. They're not great just yet. They've had good runs when their offense looks good, when it's going well, it looks good. When their defense is going well, it looks good. They they can be they're they're capable of playing good offense. They're capable of playing good defense. They haven't done it for long enough stretches. So, those are the basics. The assist percentage is a big one here. 54.2%. So they're assisting on 54.2% of their their baskets. 29th. 29th in the NBA. And, And here's a statistic tied into this. And why we talk about the traded player exception. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have combined to score 41.6% of Boston's points this season. 41.6 of Boston's points scored by those two guys. That's second only to Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, who have scored 42.5% of Portland's points. So why why is this number so? Why are they only behind them? Partly because they're good, partly because the rest of the team isn't really scoring. The Celtics need... McCollum, I mean, sorry, they need uh, Tatum and Brown to to score a bunch of those points. When you look at somebody, a, a team like the Brooklyn Nets, where KD and Kyrie have scored more points than Tatum and Brown, but they've got Joe Harris, they still have Karis LeVert, who has scored a bunch of points. They have 11 guys who have scored 100 or more points this season. The Celtics have five. That's that's part of the Celtics' problem. They need somebody to pick up some of the slack there. This is a number that should change. This is a Kemba Walker stat here where he's going to come in and he should be scoring, even if he's lower than what he was in the past. I mean, he can still be a 20-point-per-game guy, at the very least high teens, right? But he's probably going to be around that range. Once he settles down, once he finds his rhythm, there's just no way that Kemba Walker is going to to not find that range, that rhythm, and and figure things out. You know, you look at Kemba, and like I was saying in the last podcast, where he and Tristan Thompson haven't figured out their chemistry at all yet because they've barely played together. And Tristan Thompson is supposed to be a good pick setter to run a pick and roll with Kemba Walker. I mean, that's part of why he's in Boston. So... The assist percentage is going to probably go up a little bit because at the very least, Kemba, Tatum, and Brown are going to find each other a little bit more. 
It's funny because Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown all are averaging more assists per game, but overall the Celtics are just not assisting as much because Tatum and Brown have to do a bulk of the scoring and they're not really getting assists when they're they're driving. They're not and even if they drive and kick, the guys that they're hitting aren't hitting the shots at a high enough rate for them to get good assists. It's not that they're not necessarily passing out of some of these situations. It's that they they have to take more shots. They have to be the 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 duo that handles the the scoring load and who are you going to pass to? This is this is another reason why I was so hoping for Aaron Neesmith to be a plug and play guy and he hasn't been. And Pritchard might help because he can he can shoot. Uh, Romeo Langford maybe someday when he gets back maybe he can help. We'll see. But the Celtics certainly need more more scoring. Someone who's going to be a little bit more reliable. Even the Daniel Tice recent outburst is a good sign because when you pass the ball off, when you create Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, create Kemba Walker, create draw a lot of the draw a lot of defense. Those guys are going to have their open shots, and if they're not going to hit those open shots, the Celtics are going to have problems. Part of being a great player like these guys can be, like Tatum and Brown have become, is making your teammates better. And these other guys, there is some onus on them for for them to to raise their games. There are more stats here uh, on drives. I looked at the Celtics' drives and some interesting numbers off of that where the Celtics do drive a lot, but what comes out of that? I'm going to talk about that next. If you are looking to lay some money down on that Super Bowl because it's coming right down the pike in just a few days, go to betonline.ag and sign up for a free account. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. So whatever you deposit, 50% on that, they add to your to your account so you win basically right away. Super Bowl is a great time to get in on it because you can have some fun. You know, you put a little bit here, a little bit there. You can bet on some fun things and hopefully that comes through. But it's entertainment. So check them out. If you like to, if you want to stick to basketball, there's plenty. There's college going on. There are plenty of uh, NBA games, obviously, but in-game stuff too. You can go and check out what's going on in a game. So if you don't want to say Celtics uh, are, you know, plus whatever over the Golden State Warriors, let the game start and then go check it check it out and see what you can bet on third quarter three-pointers or, you know, how many shots will Jason Tatum take in the fourth quarter. This stuff like that. It's all available there on betonline.ag. So go ahead, get it into the action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Please gamble responsibly. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. You want all of your sports news in a nice, tidy 20-minute podcast? Check out Locked On Today, hosted by Peter Bukowski. It's a daily podcast. It breaks down the biggest stories with analysis from all of our local experts, including me on the Tuesday one, talking about the plans for an NBA All-Star game, which preview 
It's dumb. It's a dumb idea. But subscribe to Locked On today to get my opinion on that and a daily 20-minute podcast that starts you off with all of the sports news you need under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On today wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, some more statistics, more stats that I thought were interesting. So the Boston Celtics are ninth in the NBA in drives, 50.8 drives per game. They're attacking the basket a little bit more. However, interestingly, they're not, I say attacking the basket. They're not really attacking the basket. This is an interesting number. So ninth overall in drives, but field goal attempts on drives in the restricted area, 21st. So they're in the top 10 in actually driving. They're actually sixth overall in points off of those drives, but they're not getting into the restricted area. In fact, their point, their, their field goal attempts in the paint are they're tied for 17th in the league. So they're driving, but what they end up doing is they're pulling up. They're and you can see it in Jalen Brown, especially. Lots of drives, lots of attacks, but he's what he's doing is he's pulling up for jumpers. The Celtics, I think. They really should be capitalizing more. They're 10th in the league in free throws off of drives. So they're kind of matches. So 6.5 attempts off of the drives. They they should be higher. They could be higher. They're 15th in the NBA in assists off of those drives. So the Celtics are not driving and kicking, or they're not getting points off of the driving kicks because they're middle of the pack. Their assist percentage is is 9%. That's 19th in the league. They're not getting into the restricted area. They're not really getting into the paint necessarily. The Celtics are a big mid-range team. They're 8th in the NBA in mid-range shots. They're 24th in the league in three-pointers attempted, which is a a bit of, uh, it feels like an aberration. Like, that's not the plan. It's, and Brad Stevens very well aware of it's layups, free throws, three pointers. That's what you want. And for the Celtics to be eighth in mid range. Now, is that bad? Not necessarily, because Jalen Brown is hitting a ton of mid range shots. They're t- he's taking shots that he can hit. It's not that he's. It's not that that's bad. But the Celtics really have kind of morphed into a a mid-range team. They're taking mid-range pull-up jumpers. And frankly, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this works. That's a playoff shot. The teams teams are so hell-bent in running you off of the three-point line. But I question, I question how defenses are going to react to this because if the Celtics are indeed just going to settle for those shots, then I think there is this is so this is so interesting. There, there's a possibility that they can become over-reliant on this shot, but they need to hit this shot as well. I've long been a proponent of working on mid-range shots because 
Teams are going to pack the paint. Teams are going to run you off the three-point line. There's a big soft spot right in the middle. I always call it the body blow, like a boxing body shot. Shots to the ribs that, that soften up the defense. And eventually, you're going to let your guard down. They're going to have to come up and challenge that, and that's when you get to the rim later in the game. The Celtics are there. They're in that space. But are they going to rely on that shot too much when it matters the most? Are they going to just say, hey, we're good at this shot. We're not even going to bother attacking the rim. We're just going to search out this shot. I don't know that the Celtics are searching out this shot. I think they're taking advantage of this shot being available. And I think Jalen Brown is shooting it with such confidence that he has to, uh, he kind of has to take it. You know what I mean? Like that's something that is there. He's good at it and he's going to take it. But it's just, like I said at the beginning of the show, I don't know where these stats are going to bring us. It's still to be determined on a lot of these stats. This is the first time we're going to look at these and say, huh, okay, interesting. The fact that the Celtics, we knew that they were hitting more mid-range shots and taking more mid-range shots than before. We knew that, but this really just paints a a picture that they're not not driving to to pass. And if teams are going to start playing them to just shoot that ball, then then maybe they they help. Maybe they overhelp a little bit more. It's going to be an interesting thing to watch. Uh, another thing that obviously the Celtics are not taking a lot of free throws. They're 20.6 free throws per game. They're 24th in the league. That's tied into all of this. You drive a lot, but you're pulling up. You're not getting into the restricted area. You're not taking those restricted area shots. I think the Celtics need to force the issue a little bit more. Like sometimes that mid-range shot's going to be open, but I think sometimes you, I'm putting all of these numbers together and I say yeah, maybe that mid-range shot is there, but wouldn't you wouldn't you maybe rather just challenge a little bit more and and maybe draw some fouls, get the other team in the bonus? And so get yourself in the bonus so you can Help your teammates. How many times have I said this on the podcast? Help your teammates by drawing fouls early in the quarter and attacking the rim. Bump up those field goal attempts in the restricted area off of these drives. Maybe you get a couple and ones. Maybe you get those free throws up. And that can lead to, I don't know, Grant Williams when he's fouled on a reach in getting a couple of free throws, and that just gets him seeing the ball go through the hoop, and then that may help him hit a shot later on, get him a little bit more confidence. Like that type of stuff. But the 20.6 free throw attempts per game is just terrible. The Celtics need to bump that up a lot. And for a team that drives the ninth most in the league, that free throw number needs to go up. One more stat here before I come back with, with the Jeff Teague madness. The Celtics turnover percentage right now, 15.1%. That's 24th in the league. Now, Brad Stevens, his teams take care of the ball. Aside from his first season when the Celtics were terrible and they were turning it over 16.3% of the time, which was 28th, they were no lower than 15th 
And they've generally been in the top five, six, seven in the NBA. Turnover percentage is a problem at 15.1%. Celtics turn it over too many times. And it's, it's often their main guys. And now, that is also a product of, hey, you're doing a lot. They're asked to do a lot. Again, they're the second. Tatum and Brown are the second uh, most potent duo, I guess, by percentage of scoring in the NBA. They're doing a lot. They're trying to do a lot. They're forced to do a lot. And sometimes when you try to do a lot, the ball gets stripped. So you turn the ball over a couple times. Those are live ball turnovers. They go the other way. That's, that's contributing to some of the problems. So part of the Celtics needing to get more contributions from other people is getting these guys to not have to do quite as much. They're, they're going to do a lot, but just, and, and again, Kemba coming back should help this, but this also adds to the urgency of the traded player exception, you know, getting another guy in who can help take some of that pressure off because these guys can do a lot, but just take the pressure off a little bit. So they're not turning the ball over as much. You're not turning it over as much as a team. They become more efficient. Your team becomes more efficient. You start winning some of these close games that they're losing right now. Okay. Jeff Teague. (laughs) The numbers are just ridiculous. They're just ridiculous. I'm going to talk about those. When I come back, you know, it's snowing like crazy over here in the Northeast, up in the Boston area. Some of us getting a little bit of rain, but it's a mess. It's a mess. You're going to go out there. You're going to drive. What are you going to do? You're going to hit potholes. You're going to salt those salt spreaders. You're just pinging rock salt off of your car all the time, off your windshield. You're going to need something for your car. And there's a good chance that going to rockauto.com is going to save you money on whatever you need to get for your car. Because if you go to one of those chain stores in the strip mall, there's a good chance you're going to pay up to 30, 50, even 100% more for some of the same exact auto parts that you're going to get at rockauto.com. What they have in stock is what they have in stock. Rockauto.com doesn't have just a limited amount in stock. And you don't have to sit there dictating your car specs to a person when you just enter it into your computer at home. Just sit here and just, oh, okay, here's my car. Here's everything I need. Boom. And you get a list on their catalog that's very easy to navigate. It's got a lot of unique stuff in there. You're going to see all the parts that are available for your car. Whatever it is, choose the brand, choose the specs, choose the prices, all of that stuff. They don't have different tiers for uh, pros versus do-it-yourselfers, which is a ridiculous concept. They don't change the prices based on what the market will bear, like an airline ticket. That's also a very ridiculous process. So check out rockauto.com. Go when you buy something, write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? That's how they know we sent you. That's very important. Write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know. It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Make sure you are subscribed to the Locked On NBA podcast. I host it on Wednesdays with Jake Madison. 
from Locked On Pelicans. Tuesdays is an East Meets West thing with Wes Goldberg, who's a beat writer covering the Warriors. Make sure you're following Wes uh, because obviously Celtics Warriors, that's going to be a big thing. And Dave Vermill, host of Locked On Heat. So they'll tackle the biggest NBA stories of the day, coast to coast. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, I gave this answer away, but uh, I went out to Cleaning the Glass. These stats are from Cleaning the Glass. And Cleaning the Glass filters out some of the, the extra noise in statistics, like the um, like heaves and, and garbage time and stuff like that. So... According to Cleaning the Glass, I want to pose this as a question. Ask your friends who are Celtics fans and who haven't listened to this podcast yet. Who has the best efficiency differential, okay? That is basically team points scored per 100% possessions (laughs) minus team points allowed per 100 possessions, okay? They even out the points scored per 100 possessions. And why can't I say possessions tonight? And they basically do a plus minus, okay? And the answer, obviously, as I was saying all along, is Jeff Teague at 11.7, plus 11.7. The Boston Celtics, according to (laughs) Cleaning the Glass, score 11.7 points per game more, points per 100 possessions more when Jeff Teague is on the floor than when he is off the floor. What? Why? Okay, the other numbers, here's here's in order. All of the positives, it's Jeff Teague at plus 11.7. Peyton Pritchard, 10.7. Shemi Ojale, 10. Jason Tatum, 8.1. Robert Williams, 6.7. And Jalen Brown, 1.5. So Jalen Brown, who is a, an all-star, uh, a, a potential all-NBA player, who is, I think, going to be one of those guys that's in line for the ceremonial fifth-place MVP vote. You know how the fifth-place MVP vote has become a, a place to reward almost like like Isaiah Thomas when he got the fifth-place votes? You, you have your, these are the serious guys, one, two, three, and then Jalen Brown's going to be like the guy's like, wow, he had a hell of a season. We're going to put him fifth on our list, and everybody's going to put him fifth, and he's, he's not going to get the MVP, but he's going to have like fifth in MVP voting. Like that's like a ceremonial thing. And he's at a plus 1.5. So, and I had somebody asking me this on, on Twitter because, and, and the question was centered around the 538 uh, Raptor metric, which is a similar type of metric, which uses plus minus lineup data to spit out a number that says, here are your better performers. And I was asked, why is Jeff Teague, why is Jeff Teague so high up? So I looked at, at the numbers. And basically, Jeff Teague is on the floor whenever Jason Tatum is on the floor and, and Robert Williams. So the two biggest bumps in his plus minus in this efficiency differential the lineups are Jeff Teague, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Robert Williams, and Teague, Pritchard, Tatum, Ojale, and Robert Williams. So those lineups, that first lineup in 24 possessions is a plus 75 per 100 possessions. And the second lineup with Pritchard and Shemi in 42 possessions is a plus 29.9. 
They are scoring the hell out of the ball. They're shooting the hell out of the ball. They are defensively. I mean, everything is going great. Why? Okay. So let me take Tatum off of the the on-off. So at Teague, Smart, Brown, Grant Williams, Tristan Thompson, you, you take take uh, Tatum off, take Robert Williams off, and oh, suddenly it's a minus 12.6 in 54 possessions. Teague, Smart, Jalen, Grant, Daniel Tice in 17 possessions, minus 47.1 per 100 possessions. Okay? So Jason Tatum and Robert Williams are carrying Jeff Teague to a number that just makes no sense at all. And, you know, Brad Stevens actually in the Celtics pre-practice availability, he was talking about how uh, Robert Williams, they've been using him with with Daniel Tice a little bit, uh, but he said – Basically, he likes Robert Williams playing as a single big more than he likes the uh, the the double big with with Daniel Tice. Uh, he says Rob's playing well. Quote: Rob's doing a lot of good things, and Rob likes to. I think he likes that role when he comes in with that second stint with Tatum and our bench. So Rob likes that lineup. Tatum likes that lineup, and the other bench guys are just there, kind of rolling with it. And that's that's been a big positive for the Celtics. When you have Robert, uh, I'm sorry, not Robert Williams. Yeah, Robert Williams. I yes, Robert Williams. <laughs> Robert and Jason Tatum. The the numbers are just through the roof. And I'm just gonna go and and look at them again. I'm gonna punch them into cleaning the glass. And everything is just huge. Every minute, 212 possessions of Tatum. And Robert Williams, plus 32.1 per 100 possessions. That is a big, big, big number. And Teague has been on for all but 21 minutes of that lineup. You throw Grant Williams into that lineup, it's still a plus 65.9. Pritchard, Tatum, Ojale, Grant Williams, Robert Williams. You Anybody that needs to bump up their plus minus... Put them on the floor with Tatum and Robert Williams. That lineup right now is killing. That lineup against the bench. So now the, the obvious question is, well, do you do you start that lineup? Do you want to throw that lineup out there as a starter? You, you could, but I, I, I personally, right now, just pure lineups, pure performance on the floor. Start Daniel Tice. Bring Robert Williams off the bench. That group is working. Now, what do you do with Tristan Thompson? I talked about that uh, in, a, in a previous podcast here. Does, you don't give up on Tristan Thompson. You still need him to figure things out. So they need to figure out Tristan Thompson. His numbers are not great. They're just not great. But they're going to need those numbers to be uh, better. Now, you look at all of these lineup numbers and you say, well, okay, number one's Teague, then Pritchard, then Shemi. Why is Tatum and Jalen Brown so low? Their numbers, speaking of Tristan Thompson, are just decimated by the too big lineup where that that number uh, is, is so bad that – and we've talked about that before. I've talked about that before. The, the Tristan Thompson, uh, Daniel Tice minutes – have been just poor. And I still think that there are opportunities to use that 
and and get them more used to being on the floor together. I think maybe you you try it again from time to time now that Daniel Tice feels a little bit more comfortable out there. But the smart Jalen, Jason, Tice, Thompson, 206 possessions of that is a minus 6.6. It's in the 35th percentile in the NBA. Uh, that That number has been just bad. But... I will say 61 possessions of Kemba, Smart, Jalen, Daniel Tice, Tristan Thompson, okay, without Jalen without Tatum is a a plus 23.1. Now that's per 100 possessions in a small sample size, but it, that has given me a little bit of hope that that lineup can figure something out somehow, somewhere not something you rely on, not something that you start, but every once in a while when the situation calls for it, it can be used. I'm not giving up on Tristan Thompson yet. So those are some numbers. Uh, I don't want to go too overboard with a lot of numbers. Just see me sitting here spitting out decimal points and everything is is a lot. But that's where the Celtics stand and some interesting things I think that come out of this first 25% of the season. Again, as I said at the beginning... And I will reiterate over and over again, it's still too early and the Celtics have so many different variables, a, a, a stretch without Tatum, a stretch obviously at the beginning without Kemba, and now a stretch that's coming up without Marcus Smart. There are a lot of different things that are going to show themselves, and I don't know which of these things is going to carry over, but I think the numbers show a lot of the things that our eyes have seen. And we're hopeful that Kemba's return can solve some of these things, that a a traded player exception acquisition can help solve some of these things. I don't think that J.J. Redick is going to be the guy that helps solve these things. But, you know, if he, geez, if he wasn't making $13 million, maybe. But anyway, that's an aside. Check out yesterday's podcast for more on that. We'll see where the numbers take us. We'll see where where the the season goes up from here and how this February pans out because it's a lot of games and and the Celtics are going to be uh, just it's going to be one after another after another and it's it's going to be a long tough month. Hopefully March kind of eases out. So thanks for listening. If you are a new listener and you're still here listening at this point, then maybe you enjoy the show. And maybe you're going to subscribe. I hope you do. A lot of people have. And those who have and who have given this show a five-star rating and a good written review have helped it make, helped make this show become the uh, number one Boston Celtics podcast in the world, despite me mangling sentences left and right tonight. I swear. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with me tonight. I should just stop talking, which I will do now, and just say... Thanks for listening and thanks for sharing the podcast and telling everybody that they should listen to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.